It's Monday. I had to get up early yesterday and go downtown and say goodbye to some friends who were here. Uh, we're going to finish Ezekiel today. I don't think it'll be that short of an episode, but maybe a little bit shorter than an hour. We only have um, 11 chapters and like seven pages to read, um, which sometimes is an hour. It depends on how moody I get. Um, but what we'll do on Sunday is read Daniel and Hosea and then, yeah, Jonah. <laughs> Chapter 37, Ezekiel, the Valley of Dry Bones is the header. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of the valley, of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that are very dry. We were talking about Jonah this weekend, and now I'm thinking about Jonah, and now I'm getting sad again. So I'm not crying already because of Ezekiel. Um, but I am. Um, anyway. <laughs> He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophecy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath and enter you, and you will come to life. I will attack tendons attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin i will put breath in you and you will come to life then you will know that i am the lord so i prophesied as i was commanded and as i was prophesying there was a noise a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone i looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them but there was no breath in them then he said to me, Prophecy to the breath, prophecy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophecy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, take a stick of wood and write on it, belonging to Judah and the Israelites associated with him. Then take another stick of wood and write on it, Ephraim's stick, belonging to Joseph and all the house of Israel associated with him. Join them together into one stick, so that they will become one in your hand. When your countrymen ask you, won't you tell us what you mean by this? Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I am going to take 
the stick of Joseph, which is in Ephraim's hand, and of the Israelite tribes associated with him, and join it to Judah's stick. Make them a single stick of wood, and they will become one in my hand. Hold before me their eyes the sticks you have written on, and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone. I will gather them from all around and bring them back into their own land. I will make them one nation in the land, on the mountains of Israel. There will be one king over all of them, and they will never again be two nations or be divided into kingdoms, into two kingdoms. They will no longer defile themselves with their idols and vile images or with any of their offenses, for I will save them from all their sinful backsliding, and I will cleanse them. They will be my people, and I will be their God. My servant David will be king over them, and they will all have one shepherd. They will follow my laws and be careful to keep my decrees. They will live in the land I gave to my servant Jacob, the land where your fathers live. They and their children and their children's children will live there forever, and David, my servant, will be their prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant, and I will put my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be my my dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Then the nations will know that I, the Lord, make Israel holy when my sanctuary is among them forever. Chapter 38 the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, prophesy against him and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I am against you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. I will turn you, I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws and bring you out with your whole army, your horses, your horsemen fully armed and a great horde with large and small shields, all of them brandishing their swords, Persia, Cush and Put will be put with them. All their shields and helmets, also Gomer with all its troops and Beth Togamah, Togarmah from the far north with all its troops, the many nations with you. Get ready, be prepared, you and all the hordes gathered about you, and take command of them. After many days you will be called to arms. In future years you will invade a land that has recovered from war, whose people were gathered from many nations to the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They had been brought out from the nations, and now all of them live in safety. You and all your troops and the many nations with you will go up, advancing like a storm. You will be like a cloud covering the land. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. On that day, thoughts will come into your mind, and you will devise an evil scheme. You will say, I will invade a land of unwalled villages. I will attack a peaceful and unsuspecting people, all of them living without walls and without gates and bars. I will plunder and loot and turn my hand against the resettled ruins and the people gathered from the nations, rich in livestock and goods, living at the center of the land. Sheba and Dedan... And the merchants of Tarshish and all her villages will say to you, Have you come to be plundered? Have you gathered your hordes to loot, to carry off silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, and to seize much plunder? Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, In that day, when my people of Israel are living in safety, you will not take notice of it? Will you not take notice of it? 
Will you come from your place in the far north, you and many nations with you, all of them riding on horses, a great horde, a mighty army? You will advance against my people Israel like a cloud that covers the land. And days to come, O Gog, I will bring you against my land, so that the nations may know you against my land, so that the nations may know me, oops, when I show myself holy through you before their eyes. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Are you not the one I spoke of in former days by my servant for prophets of Israel? At that time they prophesied for years that I would bring you against them. This is what will happen in that day. When Gog attacks the land of Israel, my hot anger will be aroused, declares the Sovereign Lord. In my zeal and fiery wrath, I declare that at that time there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. The fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the beasts of the field, every creature that moves along the ground, and all the people on the face of the earth will tremble at my presence. The mountains will be overturned, the cliffs will crumble, and every wall will fall to the ground. I will summon a sword against Gog on all my mountains, declares the Sovereign Lord. Every man's sword will be against his brother. I will execute judgment upon him with plague and bloodshed. I will pour down torrents of rain, hailstones, and burning sulfur on him and on his troops and on the many nations with him. And so I will show my greatness and my holiness, and I will make myself known in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Chapter 39 Son of man, prophecy against Gog and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I am against you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. I will turn you around and drag you along. I will bring you from the far north and send you against the mountains of Israel. Then I will strike your bow from your left hand and make your arrows drop from your right hand. On the mountains of Israel, you and all your troops and the nations with you, I will give you as food to all kinds of carrion birds and to the wild animals. You will fall in the open field, for I have spoken, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will send fire on Magog and all those who live in safety in the coastlands, and they will know that I am the Lord. I will make name I will make known my holy name among my people Israel. I will no longer let my holy name be profaned, and the nations will know that I, the Lord, am the Holy One in Israel. It is coming. It will surely take place, declares the sovereign Lord. This is the day I have spoken of. Then those who live in the towns of Israel will go out and use the weapon for the weapons for fuel and burn them up, the small and large shields, the bows and arrows, the war clubs and spears. For seven years they will use them for fuel. They will not need to gather wood from the fields or cut it from the forests because they will use the weapons for fuel. They will plunder those who plundered them and loot those who looted them, declares the Sovereign Lord. On that day I will give Gog a burial place in Israel and the valley of those who travel east toward the sea. I will block the way of travelers because Gog and all his hordes will be buried there. So it will be called the Valley of Haman Gog. For seven months the house of Israel will be burying them in order to cleanse the land. All the people of the land will bury them. And the day I am glorified will be a memorable day for them, declares the Sovereign Lord. Men will be regularly employed to cleanse the land. Some will go throughout the land and, in addition to them, others will bury those that remain on the ground. 
At the end of the seven months, they will begin their search. As they go through the land and one of them sees a human bone, he will set up a marker beside it until the gravediggers have buried it in the valley of Haman Gog. Also, a town called Hamona will be there, and so they will cleanse the land. Son of man, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Call out to every kind of bird and all the wild animals. Assemble and come together from all around to the sacrifice I am preparing for you, the great sacrifice on the mountains of Israel. There you will eat flesh and drink blood. You will eat the flesh of mighty men and drink the blood of the princes of the earth as if they were rams and lambs, goats and bulls, all of them fattened animals from Bashan. At the sacrifice I am preparing for you, you will eat fat till you are glutted and drink blood till you are drunk. At my table, you will eat your fill of horses and riders, mighty men and soldiers of every kind, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will display my glory among the nations, and all the nations will see the punishment I inflict and the hand I lay upon them. From that day forward, the house of Israel will know that I am the Lord their God, and the nations will know that the people of Israel went into exile for their sin. But they were unfaithful to me. So I hid my face from them and handed them over to their enemies, and they fell. They all fell by the sword. I dealt with them according to their uncleanness and to their offenses, and I hid my face from them. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will now bring Jacob back from captivity and will have compassion on all the people of Israel, and I will be zealous for my holy name. They will forget their shame and all the unfaithfulness they showed toward me when they lived in safety in their land, with no one to make them afraid. When I have brought them back from the nations and have gathered them from the countries of their enemies, I will show myself holy through them in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord their God, for though I sent them into exile among the nations, I will gather them to their own land, not leaving any behind. I will no longer hide my face for them, for I will pour out my spirit on the house of Israel, declares the Sovereign Lord. Chapter 40 In the twenty-fifth year of our exile, at the beginning of the year, on the tenth of the month, in the fourteenth year after the fall of the city, on that very day, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he took me there. In visions of God, he took me to the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain, on whose south side were some buildings that looked like a city. He took me there, and I saw a man whose appearance was like bronze. He was standing in the gateway with a linen cord and a measuring rod in his hand. The man said to me, Son of man, look with your eyes and hear with your ears and pay attention to everything I am going to show you, for that is why you have been brought here. Tell the house of Israel everything you see. I saw a wall completely surrounding the temple area. The length of the measuring rod in the man's hand was six long cubits, each of which was a cubit and a hand breadth. He measured the wall. It was one measuring rod thick and one rod high. Then he went to the gate facing east. He climbed its steps and measured the threshold of the gate. It was one rod deep. This shit is the most boring. Oh my God. See, this is punishment. Not punishment. More like... Sometimes you cry. Sometimes you cry a lot. Sometimes you cry for days. And sometimes you have to read about one rod deep measuring tape. (sighs) 
happy Gemini season. We all com- contain multitudes, including the Bible, including Ezekiel, who's documenting the fucking measuring tape of this temple and also his incredibly emotional years-long experience being a prophet of the Lord. I don't even remember where I was. This is 47. The alcoves, if you're, keep, you're keeping score at home, if you're reading along, we're at 47. The alcoves, alcoves for the cards, oh, were one rod long and one rod, uh, one rod wide, and the projecting walls between the alcoves were five cubits thick. On the threshold of the gate next to the portico facing the temple was one rod deep. Then he measured the portico of the gateway. It was eight cubits deep, and its jams were two cubits thick. The portico of the gate faced the temple. Inside the east gate were three alcoves on each side. The three had the same measurements, and the faces of the projecting walls on each side had the same measurements. Then he measured the width of the entrance to the gate. It was ten cubits, and its length was thirteen cubits. In front of each alcove was a wall one cubit high, and the alcoves were six cubits square. Then he measured the gateway from the top of the real wall, rear wall of one alcove to the top of the opposite one. The distance was 25 cubits from one parapet opening to the opposite one. He measured along the faces of the projecting walls all around the inside of the gateway, 60 cubits. The measurement was up to the portico facing the courtyard. The distance from the entrance of the gateway to the far end of its portico was 50 cubits. The alcoves and the projecting walls inside the gateway were surmounted by narrow parapet openings all around, as was the the portico. The openings all around faced inward. The faces of the projecting walls were decorated with palm trees. Then he brought me into the outer court. There I saw some rooms and a pavement that had been constructed all around the court. There were 30 rooms along the pavement. It abutted the sides of the gateways and was as wide as they were long. This was the lower pavement. Then he measured the distance from the inside of the lower gateway to the outside of the inner court. It was a hundred cubits on the east side as well as on the north. Then he measured the length and width of the gate facing north, leading into the outer court. Its alcoves, three on each side, its projecting walls, and its portico had the same measurements as those in the first gateway. It was 50 cubits long and 25 cubits wide. Its openings, its portico, and its palm tree decorations had the same measurements as those of the gate facing east. Seven steps led up to it, with its portico opposite them. There was a gate to the inner court facing the north gate, just as there was on the east. He measured from one gate to the opposite one. It was a hundred cubits. Then he led me to the south side, and I saw a gate facing south. He measured its jams and its portico, and they had the same measurements as the others. The gateway and its portico had narrow openings all around, like the openings of the others. It was 50 cubits long and 25 cubits wide. Seven steps led up to it with its portico opposite them. It had palm tree decorations on the faces of the projecting walls on each side. The inner court also had a gate facing south, and he measured from this gate to the outer gate on the south side. It was a hundred cubits. Then he brought me into the inner court through the south gate, and he measured the south gate. It had the same measurements as the others. 
Its alcoves, its projecting walls, and its portico had the same measurements as the others. The gateway and its porticos had openings all around. It was fifty cubits long and twenty-five cubits wide. The porticos of the gateways around the inner courtyard were twenty-five cubits wide and five cubits deep. Its portico faced the outer court. Palm trees decorated its jams, and eight steps led up to it. Then he brought me to the inner court on the east side, and he measured the gateway. It had the same measurements as the others. Its alcoves, its projecting walls, and its portico had the same measurements as the others. The gateway and its portico had openings all around. It was 50 cubits long and 25 cubits wide. Its portico faced the outer court. Palm trees decorated the jams on either side, and eight steps led up to it. Then he brought me to the north gate and measured it. It had the same measurements as the others, as did its alcoves, its projecting walls, and its portico, and it had openings all around. It was fifty cubits long and twenty-five cubits wide. Its portico faced the outer court. Palm trees decorated the jams on either side, and eight steps led up to it. A room with a doorway was by the portico, and each of the inner gateways where the burnt offerings were washed. In the portico of the gateway were two tables on each side, on which the burnt offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings were slaughtered. But the outside wall of the portico of the gateway near the steps at the entrance to the north gateway were two tables, and on the other side of the steps were two tables. So there were four tables on one side of the gateway and four on the other, eight tables in awe, on which the sacrifices were slaughtered. There was also four, um, four tables of dressed stone for the burnt offerings, each a cubit and a half long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit high. On them were placed the utensils for slaughtering the burnt offerings and other sacrifices, and double prong hooks, each a hand's breadth long, were attached to the wall all around. The tables were for the flesh of the offerings. Outside the inner gate, Within the inner court were two rooms, one at the side of the north gate and facing south, and another at the side of the south gate and facing north. He said to me, The room facing south is for the priests who have charge of the temple, and to the room facing north is for the priests who have charge of the altar. There are the sons of Sadak, who are the only Levites, who may draw near to the Lord to minister before them. Then he measured the court. It was a square, a hundred cubits long and a hundred cubits wide, and the altar was in front of the temple. He brought me to the portico of the temple and measured the jams of the portico. They were five cubits wide on either side. The width of the entrance was fourteen cubits, and its projecting walls were three cubits wide on either side. The portico was twenty cubits wide and twelve cubits from front to back. It was reached by a flight of stairs, and there were pillars on each side of the jams. Chapter 41 Then the man brought me to the outer sanctuary and measured the jams. The width of the jams was six cubits on each side. The entrance was ten cubits wide, and the projecting walls on each side of it were five cubits wide. He also measured the outer sanctuary. It was 40 cubits long and 20 cubits wide. Then he went into the inner sanctuary and measured the jams of the entrance. Each was two cubits wide. The entrance was six cubits wide, and the projecting walls on each side of it were seven cubits wide. And he measured the length of the inner sanctuary. It was 20 cubits, and its width was 20 cubits across the end of the outer sanctuary. He said to me, This is the most holy place. Then he measured the wall of the temple. It was six cubits thick, and each side room around the temple was four cubits wide. 
The side rooms were on three levels, one above another, 30 on each level. There were ledges all around the wall of the temple to serve as supports for the side rooms, so that the supports were supports for the side rooms, so that the supports were, oh, Lord have mercy, so the supports were not inserted into the wall of the temple. The side rooms all around the temple were wider at each successive level. The structure surrounding the temple was built in ascending stages, so that the rooms widened as one went upward. A stairway went up from the lowest floor to the top floor through the middle floor. I have no visual concept of what this looks like. I saw that the temple had a raised base all around it, forming the foundation of the side rooms. It was the length of the rods, six long cubits. The outer wall of the side rooms was five cubits thick. The open area between the side rooms of the temple and the priest's rooms um, was 20 cubits wide all around the temple. There were entrances to the side room from the open area, one on the north and another on the south, and the base adjoining the open area was five cubits wide all around. The building facing the temple courtyard on the west side was 70 cubits wide. The wall of the building was five cubits thick all around, and its length was 90 cubits. Then he measured the temple. It was 100 cubits long, and the temple courtyard and the building with its walls were also 100 cubits long. The width of the temple courtyard on the east, including the front of the temple, was 100 cubits. Then he measured the length of the building facing the courtyard at the rear of the temple, including its galleries on each side. It was a hundred cubits. The outer sanctuary, the inner sanctuary, and the portico facing the court, as well as the thresholds and the narrow windows and galleries around the three of them. Everything beyond and including the threshold was covered with wood. The floor, the wall up to the windows, and the windows were covered, and the space above the outside of the entrance to the inner sanctuary and on the walls at regular intervals all around the inner and outer sanctuary were carved cherubim and palm trees. Palm trees alternated with cherubim. Each cherubim had two faces, the face of a man toward the palm tree on one side and the face of a lion toward the palm tree on the other. They were carved all around the whole temple. From the floor to the area above the entrance, cherubim and palm trees were carved on the wall of the outer sanctuary. The outer sanctuary had a rectangular door frame, and the one at the front of the most holy place was similar. There was a wooden altar three cubits high and two cubits square. Its corners, its base, and its sides were of wood. The man said to me, This is the table that is before the Lord. Both the outer sanctuary and the most holy place had double doors. Each door had two leaves, two hinged leaves for each door, and on the doors of the outer sanctuary were carved cherubim and palm trees like those carved on the walls, and there was a wooden overhang on the front of the portico. On the side walls of the portico were narrow windows with palm trees carved on each side. The side rooms of the temple also had overhangs. Chapter 42 Oh, I think the rest of this book is just rules. Oh, boring. Also, I love recording at night because the sky is blue. Like this dark, beautiful, real blue. And so everything is blue. Very moody, very emotional. Maybe I'm just moody and emotional. 
I don't want to read the rules. Oh. I don't like rules. I don't like being told what to do. I also don't like being told how big a temple is. I do not care. You can also drink when you're recording at night. That's fun. Chapter 42. Then the man led me northward into the outer court and brought me to the rooms opposite the temple courtyard and opposite the outer wall on the north side. The building who, whose door faced north was 100 cubits long and 5 cubits wide, both in the section 20 cubits from the inner court and in the section opposite the pavement of the outer court, gallery faced gallery at the three levels. In front of the rooms were an inner passageway 10 cubits wide and 100 cubits long. Their doors were on the north. Now the upper rooms were narrower, narrower for the galleries took more space from them than from the rooms on the lower and middle floors of the building. The rooms on the third floor had no pillars as the courts had, so they were smaller in floor space than those on the lower and middle floors. There was an outer wall parallel to the rooms in the outer court. It extended in front of the rooms for 50 cubits, while the row of rooms on the side next to the outer court was 50 cubits long. The row on the side nearest the sanctuary was 100 cubits long. The lower rooms had an entrance on the east side as one enters them from the outer court. On the south side, along the length of the wall of the outer court adjoining the temple courtyard and opposite the outer wall were rooms with a passageway in front of them. These were like the rooms on the north. They had the same length and width with similar exits and dimensions, similar to the doorways on the north were the doorways of the rooms on the south. There was a doorway at the beginning of the passageway that was parallel to the corresponding wall extending eastward by which one enters the room. The rooms. Then he said to me, the north and south rooms facing the temple courtyard are the priest's rooms, where the priests who approach the Lord will eat the most holy offerings. There they will put the most holy offerings, the grain offerings, the sin offerings, and the guilt offerings, for the place is holy. Once the priests, oof, it's hot in here with no fan running. Once the priests enter the holy precincts, they are not to go into the outer court until they leave behind the garments in which they minister, for these are holy. They are to put on other clothes before they go near the places that are for the people. When he had finished measuring what was inside the temple area, he led me out by the east gate and measured the area all around. He measured the east side with a measuring rod. It was 500 cubits. He measured the north side. It was 500 cubits by the measuring rod. He measured the south side. It was 500 cubits by the measuring rod. Then he turned to the west side and measured. It was 500 cubits by the measuring rod. So he measured the area on all four sides. It had a wall around it, 500 cubits long and 500 cubits wide, to separate the holy from the common. Chapter 43. Then, then the man brought me to the gate facing east. And I saw the glory of God of Israel coming from the east. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters into the land was radiant with his glory. The vision I saw was like the vision I had seen when he came to destroy the city and like the visions I had seen by the Kenbar River. And I fell face down. The glory of the Lord 
entered the temple through the gate facing east. Then the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. While the man was standing beside me, I heard someone speaking to me from inside the temple. He said, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place for the soles of my feet. This is where I will live among the Israelites forever. The house of Israel will never again defile my holy name. Neither they nor their kings, by their prostitution and the lifeless idols of their kings at their high places, the house of Israel will never again defile my holy name, neither they nor their kings, by their prostitution and the lifeless idols of their kings at their high places, when they place their threshold next to my threshold, and their doorposts beside my doorposts, with only a wall between me and them, they defiled my holy name by their detestable practices." So I destroyed them in my anger. Now let them put away from me their prostitution and their lifeless idols of their kings, and I will live among them forever. Son of man, describe the temple to the people of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their sins. Let them consider the plan, and if they are ashamed of all they have done, make known to them the designs of the temple, its arrangements, its exits and entrances, its whole design and all its regulations and laws. Write these down before them so that they may be faithful to its designs and follow all its regulations. This is the law of the temple. All the surrounding area on the top of the mountain will be most holy. Such is the law of the temple. These are the measurements of the altar and long cubits, the cubit, that cubit being a cubit and a hand's breadth. Its gutter is a cubit deep and a cubit wide, with a rim of one span around the edge. And this is the height of the altar. From the gutter on the ground up to the lower ledge, it is two cubits high and a cubit wide. And from the smaller ledge... Up to the larger ledge, it is four cubits high and a cubit wide. The altar, the altar hearth is four cubits high and four horns projecting upward from the earth. The altar heaven is square, twelve cubits long and twelve cubits wide. The upper ledge is um, also is square, fourteen cubits long and fourteen cubits wide, with a rim and a half. Um, with a rim of half a cubit and a gutter of cubit all around. The steps of the altar face east toward Long Island. Then he said to me, Son of man, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. These will be the regulations for sacrificing burnt offerings and sprinkling blood upon the altar when it's built. You are to give a young bull as a sin offering to the priests who are Levites of the family of Zadok, who come near to minister before me, declares the Sovereign Lord. You are to take some of its blood and put it on the four horns of the altar and on the four corners of the upper ledge and all around the, the rim, and so purify the altar and make atonement for it. You are to take the bowl for the sin offering and burn it in the designated part of the temple area outside the sanctuary. On the second day, you are to offer a male goat without defect for a sin offering, and the altar is to be purified as it was purified with the bowl. When you have finished purifying it, you are to offer a young bull and a ram from the flock, both without defect. You are to offer them before the Lord. And the priests are to sprinkle salt on them and sacrifice them as a burnt offering to the Lord. On the second day, we just did that part. For seven days, you are to provide a male goat daily for a sin offering. You are also to provide a young bull and a ram from the flock, both without defect. 
For seven days they are to make atonement for the altar and cleanse it. Thus they will eradicate it. At the end of these days, from the eighth day on, the priests are to present your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings on the altar. Then I will accept you, declares the declares the sovereign Lord. Let go, let God, and make your martini a double. Chapter 44. Go, orange. Then the man brought me back to the outer gate of the sanctuary, the one facing east toward Long Island, and it was shut. The Lord said to me, this gate is to remain shut. It must not be opened. No one may enter through it. It is to remain shut because the Lord, the God of Israel, has entered through it. The prince himself is the only one who may sit inside the gateway to eat in the presence of the Lord. He is to enter by way of the portico of the gateway and go out the same way. Then the man brought me by way of the north gate to the front of the temple. I looked and saw the glory of the Lord filling the temple of the Lord, and I fell face down. The Lord said to me, Son of man, look carefully. Listen closely and give attention to everything I tell you concerning all the regulations regarding the temple of the Lord. Give attention to the entrance of the temple and all the exits of the sanctuary. Say to the rebellious house of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says, enough of your detestable practices, O house of Israel, enough in addition to all your other detestable practices, you brought foreigners uncircumcised in heart and flesh into my sanctuary, desecrating my temple while you offered me food, fat, and blood, and you broke my covenant. Instead of carrying out your duty in regard to my holy things, you put others in charge of my sanctuary. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. No foreign uncircumcised in heart and flesh is to enter my sanctuary not even the foreigners who live among the Israelites. The Levites who went far from me when Israel went astray and who wandered from me after their idols must bear the consequences of their sin. They may serve in my sanctuary, having charge of the gates of the temple and serving in it. They may slaughter the burnt offerings and sacrifices for the people and stand before the people and serve them. But because they served them in the presence of their idols and made the house of Israel fall into sin, therefore I have sworn with uplifted hand that they may bear the consequences of their sin, declares the Sovereign Lord. They are not to come near to serve me as priests or come near any of my holy things or my most holy offerings. They must bear the shame of their detestable practices. Yet I will put them in charge of the duties of the temple and all the work that is to be done with it. But the priests who are Levites and descendants of Sadak and who faithfully carried out the duties of my sanctuary when the Israelites went astray from me are to come near to minister before me. They are to stand before me to offer sacrifices of flat, fat and blood, declares the Sovereign Lord. They alone are to enter my sanctuary. They alone are to come near my table to minister before me and perform my service. When they enter the gates of the inner court, they are to wear linen clothes. They must not wear any woolen garment while ministering at the gates of the inner court or inside the temple. They are to wear linen turbans on their heads and linen undergarments around their waists. They must not wear anything that makes them perspire. 
and they go out into the outer court where the people are. They are to take off the clothes they have been ministering in and are to leave them in the sacred rooms and put on other clothes so that they do not consecrate the people by means of their garments. They must not shave their heads or let their hair grow long, but they are to keep the hair of their heads trimmed. No priest is to drink wine when he enters the inner court. They must not marry widows or divorced women. They may marry only virgins of Israelite descent or widows of priests. They are to teach my people the difference between holy and the common and show them how to distinguish between the clean and the unclean. In any dispute, the priests are to serve as judges and decide it according to my ordinances. They are to keep my laws and my decrees for all my appointed feasts, and they are to keep my Sabbaths holy. A priest must not defile himself by going near a dead person. However, if a dead person was his father or mother, son or daughter, brother or unmarried sister, then he may defile himself. After he is cleansed, he must wait seven days. On the day he goes into the inner court of the sanctuary to minister in the sanctuary, he is to offer a sin offering for himself, declares the Sovereign Lord. I am to be the only inheritance the priests have. You are to give them no possession in Israel. I will be their possession. They will eat the grain offerings, the sin offerings, and the guilt offerings, and everything in Israel devoted to the Lord will belong to them. The best of all the first fruits and all and of all your special gifts will belong to the priests. You are to give them the first portion of your ground meal so that a blessing may rest on your household. The priests must not eat anything bird or animal found dead or torn by wild animals. Chapter 45 when you allot the land as an inheritance, you are to present to the Lord a portion of the land as a sacred district. 25,000 cubits long and 20,000 cubits wide. The entire area will be holy. Of this, a section 500 cubits square is to be for the sanctuary and with 50 cubits around it for open land. In the sacred district, measure off a section 25,000 cubits long and 10,000 cubits wide. In it will be the sanctuary, the most holy place. It will be the sacred portion of the land for the priests who minister in the sanctuary, who draw near to the minister before the Lord. To minister before the Lord. It will be a place for their houses as well as a holy place for the sanctuary. An area 25,000 cubits long and 10,000 cubits wide will belong to the Levites who serve in the temple as their possession for towns to live in. You are to give the city as its property an area 5,000 cubits wide and 25 cubits long. Adjoining the sacred portion, it will belong to the whole house of Israel. The prince will have the land bordering each side of the area formed by the sacred district and the prosperity of the city. It will extend westward from the west side and from and eastward from the east side, running lengthwise from the western to the eastern border, parallel to one of the tribal portions. This land will be his possession in Israel, and my princes will no longer oppress my people, but will allow the house of Israel to possess, possess the land according to their tribes. 
This is what the Sovereign Lord says. You have gone far enough, O princes of Israel. Give up your violence and depression and do what is just and right. Stop dispossessing my people, declares the Sovereign Lord. You are to use accurate scales, an accurate epa, and an accurate bath. The epa and the bath are to be the same size. The bath containing a tenth of a homer and the epa, a tenth of a homer. The homer is to be the standard measure for both. The shekel is to be constant, is to consist of 20 garaz, 20 shekels, plus 25 shekels, plus 15 shekels equals one mina, which is 60 shekels equals one mina, which would have... This is why the fucking thing is so long. It's so long. It's taken me so long to read. Because we're doing 20 plus 25 plus 15 and not just 60. It's not even, it's not going to be a short episode. It's going to be a long episode, actually, because I won't be able to get through the next page in a quarter in 12 minutes. So I thought it was going to be short. And we're going overtime because I'm complaining. Okay. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. And with your spirit, I'd never, I don't think I've said that once in my life as a Catholic. And now we say, and with your spirit, instead of, and also with you. Did we always used to say, no, we, I never said that before. All right, let me figure out what I'm doing here. I'm so sorry. We've gone fully off the rails. Okay. Continuing, 4513. Heading reads offerings and holy days. We have just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. This is the special gift you are to offer a six of an epa, epha, for each homer of wheat and a six of epha for each homer of barley. The prescribed portion of oil measured by the bath is a tenth of a bath from each quart, which consists of ten baths or one homer for ten baths are equivalent to a homer. Also, one sheep is to be taken from every flock of 200 from the well-watered pastures of Israel. These will be used for the grain offerings, burnt offerings, and fellowship offerings to make atonement for the people, declares the Sovereign Lord. All the people of the land will participate in this special gift for the use of the Prince of Israel. It will be the duty of the Prince to provide the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and drink offerings at the festival, the new moons, and the Sabbaths, and at the appointed feasts of the house of Israel. He will provide the sin offerings, grain offerings, and burnt offerings, and fellowship offerings to make atonement for the house of Israel. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. In the first month of the first day, you are to take a young bull without defect and purify the sanctuary. The priest is to take some of the blood of the sin offering and put it on the doorpost of the temple, on the four corners of the upper ledge of the altar and on the gateposts of the inner court. You are to do the same on the seventh day of the month for anyone who sins unintentionally or through ignorance. So you are to make atonement for the temple. In the first month, on the fourteenth day, you are to observe the Passover, a feast lasting seven days, during which you'll sh you shall eat bread made without yeast. On that day, the prince is to provide a bull as a sin offering for himself and for all the people of the land. Every day during the seven days of the feast, he is to provide seven bulls and seven rams without defect as a burnt offering to the Lord and a male goat for a sin offering. He is to provide as a grain offering an ephah 
for each bull and an ephah for each ram, along with a hin of oil for each ephah. During the seven days of the feast, which begins in the seventh month on the fifteenth day, he is to make the same provisions for sin offerings, burnt offerings, grain offerings, and oil. Chapter 46 This is what the Sovereign Lord says. The gate of the inner court facing east is to be shut on six on the six working days, but on the Sabbath day and on the day of the new moon it is to be opened. The prince is to enter from the outside through the portico of the gateway and stand by the gatepost. The priests are to sacrifice his burnt offering and his fellowship offerings. He is to worship at the threshold of the gateway and then go out, but the gate will not be shut until evening. On the Sabbaths and new moons, the people of the land are to worship in the presence of the Lord at the entrance to the gateway. The burnt offering the, um, the burnt offering the prince brings to the Lord on the Sabbath day is to be six male lambs and a ram, all without defect. The grain offering given with the ram is an ephah, and the grain offering with the lambs is to be as much as he pleases, along with a hin of oil for each ephah. On the day of the new moon, he is to offer a young bull, six lambs, and a ram, all without defect. He is to provide as a grain offering one ephah with the bull, one ephah with the ram, and with the lambs as much as he wants to give, and along with um, no and, along with a hint of oil with each ephah. When the prince enters, he is to go in through the portico of the gateway, and he is to come out the same way. When the people of the land come before the Lord at the appointed feasts, Whoever enters by the north gate to worship is to go out of the south gate, and whoever enters by the south gate is to go out the north gate. No one is to return through the gate by which he entered, but each is to go out the opposite gate. The prince is to be among them, going in when they go in and going out when they go out. At the festivals and the appointed feasts, the grain offering is to be an ephah with a bull, an ephah with a ram, and the lambs as much as one pleases, along with a hin of oil for each ephah. When the prince provides a free will offering to the Lord, whether a burnt offering or fellowship offering, the gate facing east is to be opened for him. He shall offer his burnt offering or his fellowship offerings as he does on the Sabbath day. Then he shall go out, and after he has gone out, the gate will be shut. Every day you are to provide a year-old lamb without defect for a burnt offering to the Lord. Morning by morning you shall provide it. You are also to provide with it morning by morning a grain offering, consisting of a sixth of ephah, with a third of a hin of oil to moisten the flour. The presenting of this grain offering to the Lord is a lasting ordinance. So the lamb and the grain offering and the oil shall be provided morning by morning for a regular burnt offering. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. If the prince makes a gift from his inheritance to one of his sons, it will also belong to his descendants. It is to be their property by inheritance if, however, he makes a gift from his inheritance to one of his servants. The servants may keep it until the year of freedom. Then it will revert to the prince. His inheritance belongs to this, to his sons only. It is theirs. The prince must not take any of the inheritance of the people, driving them off their property. He is to give his sons their inheritance out of his own property, so none of my people will be separated from his property. Then the man brought me through the entrance at the side 
of the gate in the sacred rooms facing north, which belonged to the priests, and showed me a place at the western end. He said to me, This is the place where the priests will cook the guilt offerings and the sin offering and bake the grain offering to avoid them into the outer court and consecrating the people. He then brought me to the outer court and led me around to its four corners. I saw in each corner another court, and the four corners of the outer court were enclosed courts, 40 cubits. Who's on first? 40 cubits long and 30 cubits wide. Each of the courts in the four corners was the same size. Around the inside of each of the four courts was a large ledge of stone with places for fire built all around the ledge. He said to me, these are the kitchens where those who minister at the temple will cook the sacrifices of the people. Chapter 47 The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, toward Long Island, for the temple faced east toward Long Island. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east and the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastern, um, eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to his waist. He, um, the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the river had risen and was deep enough, deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah where it enters the sea. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from the Engedi to Englam. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear, but the fruit, um, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food, and to their leaves for healing. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. These are the boundaries by which you are to divide the land for the inheritance among the twelve tribes of Israel, with two portions for Joseph. You are to divide it equally among them, because I swore with uplifted hand to give it to your forefathers. This land will become your inheritance. This is to be the boundary of the land on the north side. It will run from the Great Sea by the Heflon Road past Lebo. From Lebo Hamath. Lesbo Hamath, just kidding, inappropriate. Past Lebo Hamath to Zadad, Barotha and Sibraim. See, we had to read all the fucking rules and now we have to read all the fucking names. <sighs> and Sibraim, which lies on the border between Damascus and Hamath, as far as Hazer Hadakon, which is on the border of Hauran. The boundary will extend from the sea to Hazar Iman along the northern border of Damascus with the border of Hamath to the north. This will be the north boundary. 
on the east side. The boundary will run between Haran and Damascus along the Jordan, between Gilead and the land of Israel to the eastern sea, and as far as Tamar. This will be the east boundary. On the south side, it will run from Tamar as far as the waters of Meribah Kadesh, then along the Wadi of Egypt to the Great Sea. This will be the south boundary. On the west side, the Great Sea will be the boundary to the point opposite Leb. Whoop! I almost did it again. Lebo Hamath. This will be the west boundary. If someone could draw me a picture, I would really appreciate it because I absolutely have no idea what we're talking about. You are to distribute this land among yourselves, according to the tribes of Israel. You are to allot it as an inheritance for yourselves and for the aliens who have settled among you. That will be me and who have children. You are to consider them as native-born Israelites. Along with you, they are to be allotted an inheritance among the tribes of Israel. In whatever tribe the alien settles, I know which one I'm going to settle in, there you are to give him his inheritance. Thank you very much, declares the Sovereign Lord. And we will conclude today with chapter 48 of Ezekiel. Chapter 48. These These are the tribes listed by name at the northern frontier. Dan will have one portion. It will follow Hethlin, road to Libo Hamath. Hazar Anan in the northern border of Damascus next to Hamath will be part of its border from the east side to the west side. Asher will have one portion. It will border the territory of Don from east to west. Naphtali will have one portion. It will border the territory of Asher east to west. Manessa, going back to some of our earliest episodes, will have one portion. It will border the territory of Naphtali from east to west. Ephraim will have one portion. It will border the territory of Manasseh from east to west. Reuben will have one portion. It will border the territory of Ephraim from east to west. Judah will have one portion. It will border the territory of Reuben from east to west. Bordering the territory of Judah from east to west will be the portion you are to present as a special gift. It will be 25,000 cubits wide, and its length from east to west will equal one of the tribal portions, and the sanctuary will be in the center of it. That was definitely not 12 points. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's only six. The special portion you are to offer to the Lord will be 25,000 cubits long and 10,000 cubits wide. This will be the sacred portion for the priests. Okay, that makes seven. It will be 25,000 cubits long in the north side, 10,000 cubits wide on the west side, and 10,000 cubits wide on the east side, and 25 cubits long on the south side. So we've got a nice rectangle in the center it will be the sanctuary of the lord there will be for the consecrated priests the zadokites who were faithful in serving me and did not go astray as the levites did when the israelites went astray it will be a special gift to them from the sacred portion of the land a most holy portion bordering the territory of the levites alongside the territory of the priests the levites will have an allotment 25 thousand cubits long and ten thousand cubits wide its total length will be twenty five thousand cubits in its width one um, ten thousand cubits they must not sell or exchange any of it this is the best of the land and must not pass into other hands because it is holy to the lord the remaining area five thousand cubits wide and twenty five thousand cubits long will be for the common use of the city for houses and for pasture land 
The city will be in the center of it and will have these measurements. The north side, 45,000 cubits, and the north side, and the south side, 45,000 cubits, the east side, 45,000 cubits, and the west side, 45,000 cubits. We've got a nice square. The pasture land for the city will be 250 cubits on the north, 250 cubits on the south, 250 cubits on the east, 250 cubits on the west. Another smaller square. What remains of this area bordering on the sacred portion and running the length of it will be 10,000 cubits on the east side and 10,000 cubits on the west side. Its produce will supply, um, supply food for the west side. Its produce will supply food for the workers of the city. The workers from the city who farm it will come from all the tribes of Israel. The entire portion will be square, 25,000 cubits on each side. As a special gift, you will set aside the sacred portion along with the property of the city. What remains on both sides of the area formed by the sacred portion and the city property will belong to the prince. It will extend eastward from the 25,000 cubits of the sacred portion to the eastern border and westward from the 25,000 cubits to the western border. Both of these areas running the length of the tribal portion will belong to the prince, and the sacred portion of the temple sanctuary will be in the center of them. So the property of the Levites and the property of the city will lie in the center of that area that belongs to the prince. The area belonging to the area that belongs to the prince. The area belonging to the prince will lie between the border of Judah and the border of Benjamin. As for the rest of the tribes, here we go. The rest of them that we didn't count before, Benjamin will have one portion. It will extend from east from the east side to the west side, Simeon will have one portion. It will border the territory of Benjamin from east to west. Issachar will have one portion. It will border the territory of Simeon from east to west. Zebulun will have one portion. It will border the territory of Issachar from east to west. Ged will have one portion. It will border the territory of Zebulun from east to west. The southern boundary of Gad will run south from Tamar to the waters of Meribah Kadesh. Then along the Wadi of Egypt to the Great Sea. This is the land you are to allot as an inheritance to the tribes of Israel. And these will be their portions, declares the Sovereign Lord. These will be the exits of the city beginning on the north side, which is 45,000 cubits long. The gate of the city will be named after the tribes of Israel. The three gates on the north side will be the gate of Reuben, the gate of Judah, and the gate of Levi on the east side, which is 45,000 cubits long, will be three gates, the gate of Joseph, the gates of Benjamin, and the gate of Don. On the south side, which measures 45,000 cubits, will be three gates. The gates of Simeon, the gates of Issachar, and the gate of Zebulun on the west side, which is 45,000 cubits. Nope, 4,500 cubits long, will be three gates. The gate of Gad, the gate of Asher, and the gate of Naphtali. The distance around all the city will be 10 will be 18,000 cubits. And the name of the city from that time on will be The Lord is there. Thank you for listening. Let go and let God. <laughs>